Glad to see you here on, on this wonderful day. We're going to have a good time in the Lord. Amen. Well, the title of our message today is Jesus Unlimited. Jesus Unlimited. So I'll, I'll get right into it. Um, what a wondrous Savior we have. What a fantastic being of reconciliation. He is holy, W-H-O-L-L-Y, God, and holy man. He is holy, H-O-L-Y, God, and holy man. In one being, we relate to man, and we relate to God. As Jesus of Nazareth, he's a man with whom we can identify. He's compassionate and understanding of our human frailties. As Christ Jesus, he is the creator and sustainer of all things, who has all power and authority in this age and in the age to come. As Jesus of Nazareth, he was a man whom we can visualize today. He walked this earth healing the sick, casting out demons, miraculously feeding thousands, stilling the storm, raising the dead, having compassion on the weak and downtrodden, and revealing God as Father to humankind. As the Lamb of God, he bore our penalty for sin, redeemed us to God the Father, and broke the power of sin. He is the express image of the Father, the visible image of the invisible. As the Word, he created all things and upholds all things by the word of his power. And he will return as the King of kings and the Lord of lords. As the glorified Lord, he sits at the right hand of God the Father and has all authority and power in this age and in the age to come. His throne will be forever and ever. Through his glorification, God sent the Holy Spirit to dwell within us. The glorified Lord lives in our hearts by faith. He is the bread of life. He is the true vine into whom the Father has grafted us. We are his branches through whom he produces his fruit to the glory of God the Father. But not everyone perceives him in this way. Today we'll look at seven common perceptions of Christ. An individual's overall perception will typically be a combination of these. Six perceptions limit who God is to us in some way. As we look at each one, remember this. Regardless of our perception, Jesus loves us and will meet us where we are. Reach out to him and he will increase your perception. So we'll start with number one, the historical Christ. Our first perception is the historical Christ. When we hold this perception, we recognize that there actually was a man named Jesus of Nazareth, whose teaching has had a great impact on humankind. 
We see Jesus as a teacher or a prophet, but we don't know him as deity or savior. We might even believe that we are Christians. Back when I was young, everybody was either Protestant, Catholic, or Jewish. I didn't know anything about atheists. I didn't know anything about agnostics. And I, I was part of the Protestant group. Well, when my late wife and I were just beginning to come to know each other, she asked me the strangest question. I had never heard of such a question. She said, are you a Christian? And I thought for a moment. And I thought, yeah, I, 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 believe, I believe there was a Jesus. So I said, yes. But I wasn't born again. <laughs> I, I was not a Christian. So we, we can believe we're Christians simply by believing in the historical Christ and, and not actually be saved. So this perception is important because Jesus, if Jesus was not a historical person, our faith would only be a myth. But without knowing Jesus as deity or savior, he is limited in who he can be to us. Number two, the Christ child. Second, we perceive Christ as the baby in the major in the Christian tradition. With this perception, we recognize that Jesus is the Son of God and was born of a virgin. But with our faith limited to belief in a powerless baby Jesus, he cannot be all that he is to us. Number three, the crucified Christ. Third, we perceive Christ crucified. This perception is characterized by the period between Christ's crucifixion and his resurrection. During this time, the disciples huddled together in fear, dismay, and powerlessness. They had not yet experienced Christ resurrected. In this perception, we emphasize the confession of sins and the selfless characteristics of the crucified Christ. But with our faith limited to believe in a pre-resurrected Christ, we have not received victory over the power of sin. And without victory over the power of sin, Jesus cannot be all that he is to us. Number four, the resurrected Christ. The fourth perception we hold is Christ resurrected. This perception is derived from the period after Christ's resurrection and before his ascension. Jesus generally revealed himself in fleeting encounters during this time. The focus was on the fact that Jesus was alive, not on establishing a relationship with him. This perception lacks the abiding presence essential for active abiding faith. One example is when Jesus was joined, when Jesus joined two of his followers who were walking on the road to Emmaus. As he walked and talked with them, they did not recognize him. Later, when Jesus 
joined them for their evening meal, their eyes were opened, and they knew who he was. He then vanished. Luke 24, verses 13 through 31. They interacted with him briefly, but they did not have a relationship with him. With this perception, we believe in Christ's victory over the grave. But like the men who encountered Jesus on the road to Emmaus, we are not aware of his being present with us. While we're unaware of Jesus being with us, he is limited to who he can be for us. Number five, the ascended Christ. The fifth perception of Christ is Christ ascended. The Bible describes this perception in the period between Christ's ascension and the day of Pentecost. This period lacked spiritual activity other than waiting and prayer. Christ had instructed his disciples to wait for the promise of the Father. There was no leading of the Holy Spirit. The disciples actually drew lots to select the disciple to replace Judas Iscariot. With this perception, we view Christ as being at the right hand of God the Father and believe in eternal life. We embrace him as our mediator, making intercession for us with the Father. But he may not be routinely active in our lives. We recognize that he has risen from the dead, and we worship him and glory in his resurrection, but we are void of his power. We embrace the Great Commission. All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Matthew 28, verses 18 through 20. But we have not yet embraced Christ's accompanying command to wait to receive power. Being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Acts 1, verses 4 and 5. We recognize Christ the Savior and effectively exercise the ministry of salvation by grace through faith. But we have not yet received the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues, and we're void of its power. Without our having received the power of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, Jesus is restrained from being all that he is to us. Number six, the glorified Christ. The sixth perception is Christ glorified. Here we embrace both the Great Commission and Jesus' command to wait to receive power. We have received the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. 
but we generally conduct our lives and ministries within the limitations of our natural knowledge and abilities. We are working for God rather than God working through us. We rarely venture beyond our own abilities into the realm of God's presence in total dependence on him. We recognize the supernatural empowerment of the Holy Spirit. But since we rely on our own strength instead of venturing beyond our natural abilities, Jesus is limited in who he can be to us. Jesus is our Christ, but he is not our Lord. Number seven, the glorified Lord. In the seventh perception, we embrace the truths of the first six perceptions. We believe, one, that there actually was a man named Jesus of Nazareth. Two, that Jesus is the Son of God and was born of a virgin. Three, in the confession of sins and the selfless character of the crucified Christ. Four, in Christ's victory over the grave. Five, in the ministry of salvation through Christ. And six, in the supernatural empowerment of the Holy Spirit. What distinguishes this perception from all others is Jesus is not only our Christ, he is also our Lord. We honor him as the Lord, relating with him in genuine, holy reverence. We have experienced Christ in a significant way. We abide in Christ, and he abides in us. We recognize our complete dependence on him. Being dependent on him, we aspire to be attentive to his slightest desire to express himself in or through us. We are his branches, grafted into the true vine that is Christ. Our life is that which flows into us from the vine. The fruit we bear is fruit produced by the life of Christ flowing through us. And without him, we can do nothing. John chapter 15, verses 1 through 8. We spend time waiting quietly before the Lord and listening for what he might say. Isaiah 40, 31. We also continuously wait upon the Lord concurrently with our ongoing activities, always being attentively mindful of the voice of the Lord. Christ lives actively in us and ministers through us. Like Paul, we do not rely on our own abilities. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 1 through 5. Jesus wants to do more than we can ask or think. Ephesians 3, verses 20 and 21. But the control we reserve for ourselves limits who Jesus is to us. Jesus said, if we want to follow him, we must deny ourselves. Matthew 16, 24. The more control we give to Jesus, the more we honor him as our Lord the more we release him to be all that he is to us. Let me repeat that. 
the more we give to the more control we give to Jesus the more we honor him as our lord the more we release him to be all that he is to us Jesus becomes unlimited thank you lord so i've i've written a confession and i'll i'll Read it, and you can repeat after me if, if you would. <clears throat> I believe there actually was a man named Jesus of Nazareth. That Jesus is the Son of God and was born of a virgin. I believe in the confession of sins and the sinless character of the crucified Christ. In Christ's victory over the grave. In the ministry of salvation through Christ. And in the supernatural empowerment of the Holy Spirit. I honor Jesus Christ as my Lord and revere him in holy reverence. I abide in Christ, and he abides in me. I am totally dependent upon my Lord Jesus Christ, and I aspire to be attentive to his slightest desire to express himself in or through me. I am a branch grafted into the true vine. Jesus flows his life into me and bears his fruit through me. Without him, I can do nothing. I spend time quietly before the Lord, listening to what he might say. I am attentively mindful to his voice at all times. Jesus Christ lives in me and ministers through me. Like Paul, I do not rely on my own abilities. I deny myself and follow Jesus. I honor Jesus as my Lord, giving him full control. Jesus is all that he is to me. He is unlimited. Amen.